every day that I live. I'm blessed. You know what? I'm thankful that being blessed doesn't isn't conditional on my mood. I'm already preaching. Being blessed is not dependent on my mood or even what's happened to me this day or this decade. <laughs> yeah. You're in him and he's in you. You're blessed. Yeah. Every day. I think we're going to pick up tonight. Um, we've been weeks up in the top of the chapter, and actually we've done lower in the chapter weeks before that, but we're going to pick up. Let's just begin reading at verse 7. John is circling back to one of his favorite themes now at the, in chapter 4. <clears throat> and he addresses his beloved, that's you, that's the, that's the redeemed. The language of who's a, being addressed is, uh, is never the world when it's brethren or beloved or anything of the sort. He's talking to the redeemed of the Lord. The epistle here is to the church. Beloved, it is, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now, he talked about this earlier in the, in the book, or in, in the first and second chapter. But there's an overriding theme all through John's epistles and his gospel, in this gospel of love. John, you'll know in his gospel, most of you would always know that he wrote, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So there, there's a big statement here. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. For God is love. Love is not something he does. It's, it's an attribute. It's a characteristic. It's inseparable. There's never been a day or, that he didn't love. It's, it's his nature. It's his nature. We've, ta we've talked about some of those things. It's, it's unchanging. It's, it's, it's uh, uh, what's the right word? Immutable, is that the right word? It's an unchanging attribute of God. He is. He's not, he doesn't just love. He is love. And there are some things about the love of God that people, there's things about love that today, especially, people don't associate with love. We have, we, we have, we have sometimes a, a messed up definition of what love is, what the love of God is. Love of God does what's right, even when it's hard. The love of God does what's right, even when you don't understand it. The love of God makes the, makes the tough call. The love of God, there, there's, there's a problem going on in the world today because uh, everybody preaches the love of God, but they never, preach, they never preach the rest of who God is. 
God is inseparable from his, unseparated from his love, but you need to understand something, that, the love, that, God, that God's love never overrides God's truth. The world has lost sight of, the church has lost sight of, that God's love never overrides God's truth. That's why we're commanded to speak the truth in love. We're already on a trail. God's love does not depend on emotion. It depends on what's true. What's true? His word. He tells you thy word is truth. Say you've talked. You can never say it enough. The word of God is, is, the, is the foundational bedrock of human existence. It's the only thing that never changes. Listen to me. Heaven and earth shall pass away. It says, but thy word will never pass away. His word is unchanging. Why? It says, forever, O Lord, your word is what? Settled in heaven. I read things today and you wonder why I cover some of these things again and again and again and again because the word does. John in this, in this epistle is, covers it at least three times in detail. And this is just one of his epistles. But I, I read again just yesterday, the research that, that's being done on the church world today is, is baffling and astounding. Among evangelical Christians, some 70% believe that God is learning, did you hear what I just said? That God is learning and adapting to the creation. Let me say that again. Not the world, I'm talking about evangelicals, quote unquote. 70, say seven zero. Seven zero. If you ever doubt that, I, that if I ever harp on it too much, the condition of the church today, and it's proven over and over and over in how evangelical Christians answer questions about themselves. 70, say seven zero. Believe that God is learning. <laughs> that's, that's funny. It would, if it wasn't so, if it wasn't so astounding and so serious, it would be flat out humorous. God's not learning anything. You know why? Because He's all knowing. He's omniscient. It was the original, it was the original deception in the, in the garden. In the, uh, uh, you can eat of the other tree in the garden except the tree that's in the midst of the garden. What was the tree of the knowledge of what? Good and evil. It was the tree of knowledge of the knowledge of, of good and evil. And the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And Lucifer tries to, uh, didn't just try, he convinces 
Adam and Eve that God is withholding knowledge from them. And now, see, the problem is that, we, that man was made in God's image, but today's church makes God in their image. We, we, God has immutable attributes, things that don't change, that can't change, that are who he is, but what we're doing is we're taking who we are and custom building a God that fits who we are and how we think and, what, and how we process. His word is settled. It's not up for discussion. It's not up for a vote. But God is love. Now, one of the reasons you can talk about God's love is because he's given us part of this great love. Our mind cannot conceive of the love of God. Part of what demonstrates the love of God is that he's given us all things as pertains to life and to godliness. He wrote it all down and gave it to us. Romans 5 and 8 tells us another reason we can, that this indescribable love of God. It says in Romans 5 and 8 that God commended his own love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Before you needed him, he paid the price for you for me I've, you've heard me say it before it won't, be, it won't be a new thing if you've been here any length of time that he was Jesus the Bible says is the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth think of that is that, is that, is that what the word says that he is the lamb the sacrifice, the redeeming blood sacrifice, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin, remember? He was the lamb, is the lamb, that was slain before the foundations of the earth. So before Genesis 1 and 1, when it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, before there was a Genesis 1 and 1, there was a slain lamb much less before there was a man and what was a was a human that was formed out of the dust of the earth and that God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and that man became a living soul never mind then before there was a man created and an earth to stand on there was a slain lamb and you should say wow because that's incredible it's incredible God is love. I don't think I can read much further, but we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians right now. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That's where we're going to go. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tells you that there, there are gifts of the Spirit. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That there are gifts of the Spirit. It tells you what they are and where they came from and what they're for. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 tells you that the gifts of the Spirit operate in love. And 1 Corinthians chapter 14 tells you that the gifts of the Spirit, that are what they are in 12, they operate in love. And chapter 13, 
and uh, how they operate in a, in a corporate setting in chapter 14. Yeah? But let's look at chapter 13 just a second because we just got to a place in 1 John where it says God is love. Is love. It's not a, it's not a romantic love or, or, or a squishy, warm feeling. I can read just a little further in 1 John chapter 4, and he's going to talk about, about the, uh, the believer that should have no fear of judgment when you're, when you're abiding in his love. Because perfect love, perfect love casts out all fear. God demonstrated perfect love through the read at the cross of Calvary by his son to you and I. And when you abide in his love, and his love abides in you, you have nothing to fear. First Corinthians chapter 13, let's read it. Have you ever heard it outside of the context of a wedding, which it was never written for that purpose? I, I want you to understand something. This 1 Corinthians 13 is the love that we're supposed to have because the love of God is in us. This is being written to, let me help you, it's written, 1 Corinthians is also written to the church. And he's talking about the kind of love you and I can have when the love of God is in us. John has spent an extensive amount of time in, first, in, the, uh, in the epistle of 1 John of telling you that it, you have to love God and love people. There is, a, there is a theme that runs throughout 1 John that you have to love God and you have to love people. By the way, what, is that the greatest commandment? What's the greatest commandment? When they ask Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? What did he say? That you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your being. And he says, and the second was likened to the first, right? That you love your neighbor as yourself. Then 1 John goes on and tells you, he tells you straight up, I, I, how many remember I've said it a few times, strongly that the Bible says that you cannot, it's absolutely impossible to love God and hate people. You can be, stand on any doctrine you want to that may even be true in itself as a doctrine, but you, you have to understand that you can, you can try to cut it any way you want to, but the word is absolutely bedrock and concrete that you cannot hate people and love God. If you believe that you're saved and on your way to heaven, but you harbor hate for people in your heart, you're deceiving yourself. I don't care how religious you are, how much scripture you know, how many times you go to church, how much you give, and how much of everything else you're getting right. The word says you cannot, it's impossible to love God and to hate people. He talked about how can you love a God whom you have not seen when you have problems with your brother who you have seen. He, he, over and over, he talk, if your brother has ought against you, what? Go to him. If you have ought against your brother, what? Go to it. I preached that, I don't know, six months ago. I, it was kind of fresh for me to understand that it was, it was always on me. 
When you're a believer, when, when you're walking in the love of God, when you know, when you hold the truth, the responsibility's on you. Boy, that's a lost notion in the society, personal responsibility. Andrea, if you make me mad as fired, I want to kick you in the teeth. I got that from Mark Suggs. Except he says, kick you in the head. If I want to kick you in the head, you know who the responsibility is on me to make it right? It's on me. You know what? If I know you want to kick me in the head, you know whose responsibility? And when I know it, you know whose responsibility it is to make it right? It's still on me. It's still on me. You know, well, I ain't got no problem with them, but I'll, I'll, it'll be all right when they come to, when they come to me. That ain't what the Word says. The Word says it's on you. Oh, things pop in my brain like that. The him who knows to do right and does it not. Does anybody know what that says? To those that know, who, that know to do right and does it not, to him, it's sin. Hmm. Hmm. God is love. He writes things in this book like I'm being conformed into the image of his dear son. Why does that matter? See, I'll go back to, when you get saved, when you are born again, let's use, let's use the language of Jesus, John chapter 3. When you're born again, you become something brand new. Paul wrote it in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 this way. If a man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things. How many things? All things are become new. See, I'm not who I used to be. I have, in fact, I have a new father because I received a spirit of adoption whereby I cry, Abba, Father. I became... I became something, according to, first, according to John's Gospel, chapter one. It says that as many as received him, gave him as many as received him, gave them the power to become the children of God. I became something. I became an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Yes, I'm downloading on you. I'm telling you that God is love, and that when you come into Him. You become like him. Thank you for those amen. First Corinthians chapter 13. It's a and, the, and when you have that understanding of what who God is, he's love. Let's read, we're gonna read the whole chapter. You've read it before, we're gonna read it again. You gotta understand who God is. God is love. We're not going we don't have to, but I can tell you, let me throw it out there so it's out there so we're not being one-sided because people preach the love of God. Actually, people preach what they think of as the love of God and they don't preach the love of God because the love of God doesn't leave you where you're at. Because see, today, the idea of the love of God is God just loves you any old way you are. God will, God accepts you any way you are 
God accepts you any way you are. He loves, he loves you too much to leave you that way. Oh, I don't think you hear me. He accepts us just as I am without one plea. Yes. But that thy love, blood was shed for me. Yes. He takes us just as we are. But as soon as we become his, he begins to work immediately. He immediately begins. Yes, you know what? I'm like Paul at the very end of his life. I have not attained. But I'm still stretching forward. I'm still stretching. I'm still pressing towards it. How long? Until I get there. Until I get there. But there's a mark of the believer that we've got to understand that has to be there. There is an un... He said, they shall know you are my disciples. How? There's only one way the Word of God tells you universally that people will know you're His. How? That you shall know, they, sh they shall know that you are my disciples because of your love. That's how. You can have every, you can do all of the rest of it and if the love of God is absent, you are kidding yourself. You are deceived. You are fooled. You are delusional. You are lost. No matter how religious you are. Oh, that's a strong statement. That's not my statement. That's the word of God. I didn't write the book. But I'm happy it's in there. Though I speak... Paul is the writer, and he, 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 he's, he's just going to take it on himself, okay? He's talking to the church, but he's going to include himself, yes? Though I speak. I could say, though, you speak. I could say, though, Scott speaks. No, but Paul is the writer, he says, though, I speak. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, and have not love, I have become sounding brass and clanging cymbal. Brother Brinkle calls a lot of so-called scholars. He says, Dr. Sounding Brass wrote this. <laughs> Brother Brinkle. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I became I've become sounding brass and clanging cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, I want you to understand something. Paul is talking about the gifts of the, of the Spirit in chapter 12, what they are, how they came, and what they do. And he begins to discuss them right off the bat in chapter 13, that though I have the gifts of the Spirit, but I don't have the fruit of the Spirit, I'm a fraud. You say, how in the world can people have gifts? And no fruits. I'll tell you how. Because the gifts 
and the calling of God are without repentance. God doesn't need perfect vessels for his gifts. He needs willing vessels for his gifts. Let that simmer a second. The gifts without the fruit are nothing. Oh, it's something. He just told you what it is. Do you understand that the fruit of the Spirit is love? Go to Galatians and it talks, you know, love, joy, peace, meekness, kindness, long-suffering, et cetera, et cetera. That's everything that flows out of love. It's named first in the gifts of the Spirit for a reason. Because there is no joy if you don't have love. There is no peace if you don't have love. There is no patience if you don't have love. There is no long-suffering if you don't have love. There is no faith if you don't have love. There... The gifts are nothing without the fruit. What is fruit? We, we use these scriptural terms. I need you to understand something. What is fruit? It's, it is the product of who you are. If you have an apple tree, you know what the fruit is. It's apples. You can't get figs of thistles. Is that right? Something like that. Why? Thistles can't produce figs. Only a fig tree can produce figs. I'm helping somebody. You can't kill your, if you don't carry the fruit of God, you can't call yourself God's because God is love. God is love. By, by their fruit, somebody finish the sentence. What? By their fruit, you shall know them. I always tell young ladies, well, young men too. When they're in a dating situation, it's not looking good. You know, they, they've, 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 they've maybe got a little rough with them or maybe they've done a little whatever. And I say, listen to me, when somebody shows you who they are, tells you who they are, you would do very well to believe them. By their fruit, you shall know them. Their fruit is when they punched you in the face, not when they apologized. Because their, their, their fruit is when, I'm not talking about in the worst moment of their life, in a crisis situation. I'm, well, if I punched Heather in the face in a crisis situation, she's just going to stab me. <laughs> it's not wrong. I'm not talking about when, when somebody it spouts off of the mouth when they're under pressure. That, that shouldn't happen either. I'm not talking about when everybody has a moment. I'm talking about when they show you who they are. Do you, do you understand the difference? Do you understand the difference? Do you understand the difference? I'm asking you, do you understand the difference? Out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. Whatever's in there is what comes out. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can move mountains 
and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow, by the way, this is not, this is not the pressure, of, this is not God, this is us. Though I bestow all my gifts to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. You can have all the sick kitchens you want to. You can pass out all the coats in the winter. You can, you can do every act of, of human health that you want to do. And if you don't love people and don't live for God, all you have done is met a need. They've gained nothing other than a momentary satisfaction. And you've gained nothing eternally. See, we don't, we don't do charitable things to gain favor with God and with people. When you, when you are with favor with God, charitable things will flow out of you. It will be the fruit of your life. You understand that? It's the fruit of who you are. It's not what, gain, it's not what gets you to God. It's when you it's when you're, are God's, that just flows from your life. It's the byproduct of being like him. Churches, Christianity has got it wrong all over the world. You have people think because they're serving. Boy, that was a, the, especially the last decade, the servolution that hit the church. The churches, churches will serve. When there's, when there's a power of God moving in a place, when, when souls are being won to Christ, when disciples are being created, you won't have to have programs to serve because people will serve out of their character. That is what will happen. It, it's just as natural to be generous to a believer it is, as it is to breathe. And you'll do it without letting your right hand know what your left hand's doing. You won't need a spot on the program. You won't need a plaque on the wall. Standing on the stage at First Assembly in Russellville, Arkansas one time with a lady I liked. She was funny. Uh, she had a lot of money. And they were remodeling the church and she took me in there. She said, I'm going to show you the grand piano. Me and Rick bought him a grand piano. And she said, it was nice. It was, that was 20 years ago. She said, we paid $120,000 for it. It was beautiful. Had a, and got up there on the stage, and it had a plaque on it. It said, dedicated to the glory of God, Harriet and Rick Thone. It was on the audience side. What that do? She says, what do you think about that? And I was sitting there looking at it, and Harriet, and, you know, I, I'd just say anything to her. One of the things that made her laugh, because she was used to people that wouldn't say anything to her. You know what I'm saying? And, and she says, what do you think about that? I said, dedicated to the glory of God, Rick and Harriet Thone. She says, you like the plaque? I said, I like the piano. <laughs> she said, well, what do you think about the plaque? She asked me. I said, well, I think things that have big signs that says dedicated to the glory of God seldom are. She hit me and said, you'll just say anything. <laughs> I said, you asked. I still think I was right. Listen to me. Some of you need to hear. I need to hear. Oh, I need to hear. <laughs> I won't say I need to hear some of this for y'all. No. Love suffers long. Love suffers long and is kind. 
does not envy. This is not, this is not love. Because that kind of love's moody. Am I right or am I wrong? This is the God, this is, this is agape. This is God's love. Perfect love. Love, it suffers long and is kind. You better be God, you better be glad God's love is long-suffering. Or Whitney, you know what would happen? That's what he would do. He would smoke every one of us. Yes? Love suffers long, it's kind. It does not envy. Does not parade itself. I think that's where the plaques come in. (laughs) I'm not sure, but I think that's where it goes. It's not puffed up. Somewhere between those two, I think. Does not behave rudely. I might need to work on that. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Let me say, about people. I'll plug that in there. Thinks no evil about people. I don't know if you know this, but the word is about God and people. You You can't love God and hate people. The word is about God and people and people and God and God and people and people and God. It's God's word to mankind. It's about people. You know, y'all know what, some of you know what I think about people. Problem is people, and they're everywhere. No, the problem is sin. The problem is sin, not people. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That love does not behave rudely, does not seek his own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity. You know, some of that in there is it, you're not happy when somebody that needed to get got gets got. Y'all understand JR's foolish language? You ever had somebody, you ever had, I tell, have you ever had the satisfaction of the trooper getting that guy right after he blew your doors off? You round the corner. You know, he cut you off in traffic and zoomed to there, and then you come around the corner and you're like, uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Finally, one in the right place at the right time. <laughs> On the way by. God doesn't do that. I came to Jesus. Weary, worn, and sad. You know what? He took my sins away. He took my sins away. Yeah. Now his, I start saying, what's to say? Now his, I think his love has made my heart so glad. He took my sins away. Says something about the load of sin was more than I could bear. He took my sins away. He took my sins away. And what? And now on him I roll my every care. He took my sins away. 
Why do I remind of that? Because it says when he took my sins away, he removed them from me as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against me again. Why am I saying that? Because it says it's not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity. It says it, uh, it, says it rejoices in truth. It rejoices. Love rejoices in truth. Love rejoices in truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Here it says, it's just some versions say, love bears no record. Love bears no record. Love doesn't keep records. Verse 8, it is an all-inclusive exclamatory statement. Verse 8, love never fails. Why? Because God is love, and love is God, and God cannot fail. God cannot fail. It's one of the things, there's things God cannot do. You know there's things that God cannot do. He cannot lie, the Bible says. It says he cannot fail. Love never fails. You got somebody doing you wrong and making your life a living hell? People are capable. I probably shouldn't say what I almost said right there. I almost said just love the hell out of them. <laughs> but somebody's going to think that's being ugly, and I'm not being ugly or cute. No, I'm, 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 it's the truth. No, Really? I'm not, I'm not one of those preachers that's trying to be provocative and say incendiary things to get people's attention. No, that's why he says you love those who hate you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. He said, what, have you, what use is to love those that love you? He, said, any, he says, any sin, I like to preach to Andrea because she can take it. Any sinner can do that. Any sinner can do that. It takes something different. It takes, it takes something beyond you and you. I'm not pointing at you. I had somebody come to me here a while back and say, why are you preaching to me? I said, I don't know. Because <laughs> you're close. Hey, Andrea sets in the splash zone. She deserves it. If you ever set up in there in these lights, you know that pff, I'm spitting all over everybody. <laughs> I'm, raising the, I'm raising the bar for me tonight too I want you to know I'm raising the bar I'm raising the bar because love never fails you can have everything you can have everything and you don't love you're nothing oh yeah I forgot to tell you love that being, having all this stuff, I said that you don't have anything. It doesn't make you anything before God. No, it does make you one thing. It makes you a bunch of noise. It makes you noisy. Why? He said you're sounding brass, tinkling cymbal. Noise. I ain't got no drummer. I'd have somebody go out there and just beat them cymbals to death and turn the sound up and see how y'all liked it. I like cymbals in the right place. Have, have any ever been around? Anybody ever in the band? Anybody ever in the band, marching band, marching band in particular? 
Anybody ever have an obnoxious percussionist that they love to get them big old 18-inch cymbals right behind? Did you like that? Did you like that? Sounding brass. Tinkling cymbal. That's what God hears when you don't love. You have all those gifts going all at the same time, and he don't hear nothing but noise. Love rejoices. Six, verse six, does not rejoice in iniquity. There's things love does not do, and there's things that love does do. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. I told you earlier, people preach the love of God and they forget to preach. They think that love supersedes everything and love will never override the truth of God's word because his truth flows from love. You can't say, I'm going to keep living in the things God says is forbidden for me and call yourself his Because love doesn't rejoice in iniquity. It rejoices in truth. It bears all things. Believes all things of the word. Hopes all things, that's our future. Endures all things, that's here. How many's ever had to endure anything here? I think we're all going to have to. The, the, the one that endures to the end, the Bible says, the same shall be saved. This Christian walk is, is an, is, has some endurance to it. But told us, I told you this the other day in, in, in Hebrews chapter 12. It says that we must run this race, what? With endurance. Well, love never, somebody say never. Love never fails. Whether it be there, whether, oh, you're going to get into... See, you remember the context? Remember context? Anybody remember context? You ever heard me mention context ever at Mag Church? You ever heard when I'm preaching, whenever I'm teaching, especially the, the, just teaching through the word context? Remember, if it's out of context, it's what? It's a pretext. Anything, anything out of context is a pretext. Anything that has a pretext has an agenda. I mean, if you know anything about politics today, you ought to know that. Go ahead and say amen. It's all right. You know, it's like, you know, when the media shows you this, this part of the scene but don't show you this part of the scene because this part of the scene is the context of what's happening on this side of the scene but that doesn't fit the narrative. So we're going to show you this. Nothing to, nothing to see over here. Nothing to see, just here. That's a pretext. And when there's a pretext, there's always a deception, a manipulation, a lie going on. Context is everything in the Word of God. Chapter 12 is there's gifts of the Spirit given by God, that they're given and dealt out according as the Spirit sees fit. Chapter 13 says that they operate in love. Chapter 14 says how they operate in a corporate worship environment. 
And he just told you what all love does and doesn't do. Yes? There's all yes? Love, and he sums it up with love never fails. Ever. He goes and says, whether there, this is gifts again. Are you with me? These are gifts again. But where there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. I, and somebody says, aha, I got you. No, you didn't. You don't have me. You don't have me. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. People don't like that part. Do I got time to talk about this in a minute? This is, where, this is one of the bedrock proof texts. Anybody know what a proof text is? Does anybody know? A proof text literally is a pretext. A proof text, when you proof text, it is when you lift something out to prove what you already think. And if I, if I was going to give you big preacher words, they, would call, they call that eisegesis. See, exegesis is when you take the Word of God in its whole and in its context and you let the Word speak for itself and let it speak because you get truth. Eisegesis is when you already have, you and you have what you believe in mind and you lift a scripture out and set it on what you already believe to prove what you already believe. I want, you would be amazed. I'm going to walk all around right here. You would be amazed what you would learn and get out of the Word if you would learn to let the Word speak for itself. When you stop, when you stop reading the Word to prove what you already think. We would be amazed what we would learn about God, what we would learn about the Scripture, what we would learn about life when we started letting the Word speak for itself instead of pulling things to support what I already believe. Oh. Pull a Gene Summers. You have a pen? Come on, you pen. Did not go over well. <laughs> Paul is not talking about cessationism here, where the gifts cease. He's talking about there will come a time when they will cease. Well, I, yeah, 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 preacher, I know that. that they, they cease when, at the end of the apostolic age. That's not, what, that's not what it says. Because if tongues have ceased, the knowledge has vanished away. Anybody believe the Lord's coming? Anybody in this house believe the Lord's coming? Does anybody in this house still believe that there's a soon coming king? Well, one of the things the Bible explicitly says about the return of Jesus Christ, the time and the season that he will come in, he says there will be an explosion, an increase of knowledge. Mankind got around in the much the same fashion for 5,900 years. Pretty much the same fashion. 
an animal, maybe a cart, a wagon, but an animal. In the early 1900s, we discovered a way to have an internal combustion engine. Now we're figuring out a way to destroy yourself. I didn't mean to say that. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, for all those years, people communicated much the same way. Uh, are you following me at all? You follow me at all? Then about 150 years ago, they started figuring out how to... Yeah. Then they started figuring out how to put our voice through a wire. Yeah. Then, and then, and, and then, let's see. I got my first, you know, I got that bag phone about 1992, I think. Looked like you were calling in an airstrike. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? And you still had to get up on top of the hill and But it was a change. Then it came with that little Star Trek. Man, I thought I was uptown. I remember that little Star Trek flip. Hello, Moto. Remember? <laughs> then they got a little better and it, and it, and it turned into, can you hear me now? Remember the point? Can you hear me now? That's a Verizon commercial, I think, or AT&T. Can you hear me now? This is 2023. In 2008, this had just hit the world, 2007. I didn't see one until 2008. I didn't have one until about a year after that. And in that amount of time, I think if I had the right spy, I could launch a nuclear attack. You know what? In fact, I know that that technology would exist. I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is from your back pocket, from your back pocket, you can pay your bills, you can check your bank account, you can transfer your money, you can receive your money, you can send somebody a text, you can tell somebody off, you can send an email, you can message them. My friend Adam calls me from Africa on Messenger with video in Africa. They walk out of, I go to Ghana first day, they walk out of a mud hut in a white dress with, without a spot on it with a cell phone, a smartphone. The bigger miracle to me was the white dress out of a mud hut with no spot on it. But every person had one of these. A year ago when I was in Africa, I live streamed in full signal LTZ 5G signal from the bush in northern Ghana with better signal than I have here in Mauriceville. Hey, live from Ghana. You say, what are you saying all that? That is an explosion of knowledge. Yeah? Yeah? I could go on and on, but I think you get the point. You get the whole verse. 
Did I lose y'all? What I'm trying to tell you is love never fails. He's telling you that the gifts operate in love. He's trying to tell you, Paul, it's not for your wedding ceremony that love is patient, love is kind. It's for our services and for our daily walk that we understand that the gifts of the Spirit flow through the fruit of the Spirit that comes from being from God because God is love. And if you're His, you love God and you love people and then the gifts of the Spirit that are still today can flow through His people in love. It has nothing to do with feeling good about each other and gushy and squishy and getting married. Love is, it, he says, oh, I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not love. I'm not, he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit that flow, that flow through the fruit of the Spirit. It says where there is, love never fails. Love will never fail. Love is, what is he saying? He's not saying that love will never let you down. He's saying that love will never go away. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, a word that we're assigning. You, you, you please tell me y'all do know that love, that words have different meanings. Multiple meanings. It doesn't mean love, love never lets you down. Love never, will never let you down. I mean, love will never let you down because God can't fail. But when it says love never fails, and in, in this context, it says love never fails. Where there's, where there's tongues, they will cease. Where there's knowledge, it will, it will go away. He's talking about that these things are, are one day no longer going to be needed, but love will always be needed. It's never going to fail. It's never going away. Hmm. Love never fails. Whether there be prophecies, they will fail. Whether there be tongues, they will cease. Whether there be knowledge, it will vanish away. And that's why I'm telling you, if, the, if, the, if, if tongues went away, prophecies went away, then knowledge has gone away too. And we all know that knowledge hasn't gone away. That's kind of like Leviticus 19. If you're going to go to hell for... If you're going to go to hell for not cutting the corners out of your garden, you're going to go to hell for, for, not, for wearing mixed fabric. That's the law. You get one, you get it all. You understand that? Because people love to go back there and pull out things and say, I was listening to Brother Patterson preach the other day. He was talking about how women getting saved by the hundreds in his church on a, in a, on a Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday at noon, prayer meeting they begin to have and people come all over downtown Memphis and all these women were coming from office buildings. They were all wearing, they were all getting saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were, it was revival, literally. And the church women started throwing a fit because these women were coming to church in pants. And they were all going to Leviticus 19. He said, honey, if you're going to hell for your pants, you're going to hell because you got on that, 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 silk, that silk blend. So if you're going to hell for verse 11, you're going to hell for verse 5. You get it all. So same thing applies. You can't, you, can't, you can't cut out tongues and prophecy and keep knowledge and, and say that it ended at the apostolic age. That's not possible. That's, not, that's eisegesis. That's, that's out of context. That, that doesn't even address the context of why he's talking about love. This is better teaching than your amen. And it's also right. We, for now, we know in part, prophesy in part, but then that which is perfect has come. That's not the canon of Scripture. There's no, there's no scholarship anywhere 
there's no scholarship promise you go look go look don't take the preacher i don't hey i'm not going to tell you not to take that preacher's word for it until you take this preacher's word go look go dig it up go look at no go dig study to show yourself approved to rightly divide the word of truth i set the siri off over there but when that which is perfect is come this is talking about the perfect age this is talking about the millennial reign this is talking about when he sets up his kingdom on earth when that which this is talking about when that which the perfect one the perfect age when that which is perfect has come then that which is in part will be done away with why why it's no longer needed you don't need it anymore because you got him in fullness incompleteness Where did everybody go? But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is a part of it away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. Man, I want to preach this next verse. Man, I, I, want to, I want to preach it. Someday I'm going to preach it. Someday I'm going to preach it. I'm going to tell you, there's a generation There's a generation of young men that need to learn to be young men again. I don't mean to get off track. I don't need, there's a generation that needs to man up. Because when I was a child, I thought as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things somebody ought to shout <laughs> for now we see in a mirror or Ching Jane says in a glass darkly but then face to face oh can I can I can I harp on it a little more I'm not harping I'm teaching is it all right if I'm teaching can I because because we talked about the when the then and the there was just a minute ago love never fails prophecy it'll fail tongues they'll cease knowledge it will vanish away yes then it says you know the then and now when that which is perfect is come that's talking about air points in time yes now we're here at a point of time again because if it all has already failed if tongues have ceased and prophecies have failed if 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 if, if, if the gifts of the spirit are no longer for today let's say it that way if the gifts of the spirit are no longer today then are we to the point we've seen face to face? It says now. When's now? <laughs> now. <laughs> now we see through a mirror dimly, but then, was then, that, did we see, Andrea, when the canon of Scripture was closed, or when the, when the last apostle died, did we see face to face? Did we see face to face? There's no way, there's no way, just from, the, just from the literal context of Scripture, there's no way that is true. It's impossible. Just from the context of Scripture alone, that is impossible. Or we would, we would be in the kingdom age now. Now we see in part. Then, but then. As it, it says there's a conjunction, but. Everybody know about conjunction, but? Now we see in part, but then, face to face. Now 
I know in part. But then I shall know even as I'm known. But now, what's now? I'll tell you what's now. But now abide faith, hope, and love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. You know why it's the greatest? God is love, and love never fails. That's why. That's why. That's why. That's why. First John. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And that word there is about agape love. Everyone that loves like God knows God. Everyone that knows, loves like God knows God. He who does not love like God does not know God, for God is love. In this love, in this, the love of God is manifested towards us, but God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that, he might li- that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the perpetuation for our sins. That perpetuation, that word means to become the atoning sacrifice our sins. It actually literally means the only atoning sacrifice to satisfy the wrath of God against us. Without the shedding of blood, truly, there is no remission of sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also, we also ought to love one another. Father, I do love you tonight. Stand with me all over this place. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the understanding of your word. I thank you for your spirit that quickens the word or makes it alive tonight. And Lord, I pray tonight that the truth of your word that's been spoken in love finds finds residence in our hearts and illumination in our minds. Lord, I pray that let them that have an ear, God, let them hear what you say to your people. God is love. We love God and love one another.